Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Now, this is the picture that we have been dealing with. This is this picture that we have been looking at, the story of the old Bible. And we are actually at the beginning and we are laying some firm foundation about the beginning. And it is important for us to really lay this foundation because for us to understand the Bible, we need to know the story of the whole Bible. And what we are saying is that there is the Bible is a single story. There is an epic story that runs through the scripture. And we need to understand that as Christian, you know, the Old Testament is not different from the New Testament in the sense of doing different things. There's a connection. The story of Moses is connected to the story of Paul. The story of Isaiah is connected to the story of Joshua. These stories are connected and we are looking at the story because it is important. We will not be able to understand where we are if we know, don't know this big story, this epic story, this overarching story that connects every area of the Bible. And as we look through the story of the beginning, we've looked at the concept of kingdom, we've looked at the concept of covenant, we look at the concept of temple. And as it were, we are We've looked through chapter one of this story, this chapter one of our story, and we are in chapter two. And we said chapter one is about the king, isn't it? That has come, the king himself, the creator king that has come to inaugurate his kingdom on earth. And we saw him creating. And then we saw him actually creating the crown jewel of his creation, which is man himself, and inaugurated man as his vassal to reign as his representative on earth. And he gave them dominion because they were created in his image and after is likeness. But chapter two, something has gone horribly wrong. There's a twist in this story. And we're beginning to ask ourselves, what is going on? And we say, look, look at what God created in the Garden of Eden, this pleasure, this, you know, happiness, this fellowship, this paradise, this peace that God created in the Garden of Eden. And compare that to what we are experiencing today. And we know something has horribly gone wrong. So we are in chapter two of our story, this epic story. And the title for this chapter two is The Fall. Now let's read, let's read the scripture. Let's go back to read Genesis chapter two. We read verse nine, and then we read verses 16 and 17. Genesis chapter two, verse nine, then verse 16 and verse 17. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God commanded the man and we said by inference the woman also saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, <clears throat> thou shalt surely die. And we saw that this tree of the knowledge of good and evil just stuck out like a tomb in the midst of this, you know, pleasure, in the midst of this pleasantry and happiness that we've seen in the garden of Eden. So, so that is what we are we are looking at at the moment in this chapter two of our story. This tension that is introduced into this story in the form of the tree 
of the knowledge of good and evil. And we said that God laid a command. And that is what we have just read. The Bible says in that place that we read in verse, 9, verse 16, Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, it said, the Lord commanded the man. The Lord commanded. And we said that word is very important because this was not an advice. This was not a suggestion. This was a command. This was a command. It was a charge. It was an order. To command is to lay charge upon, to give charge to, to command, to order. And God commanded Adam and Eve, and God said, don't eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because dying, you will die. And we've mentioned the construct of that word, that there was an intensity about this word. It's talking about something that is inescapable, something that is binding. You can go back and listen to what we said about the, 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 the force behind this word when God said, dying, we, you will die. And last time we were looking at three things that the trees were not. And where we ended the last time, we said the fruits, both the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and the fruit of light, that the fruit by themselves do not, did not have magical power of their own. Rather, they were symbols and representatives. So the question today is that what are they symbol of? What were they representing? That is, that is where we want to pick up now. We need to remember, like we've said and I've underscore this, I've, you know, <laughs> tried to underscore this and emphasize this. We need to remember that the Garden of Eden is a place of covenant, that human, the man and the woman, they were in a covenant relationship with God. This relationship they have with God is a covenant relationship. And we have to read what is unfolding against this background. I'm going back again and again and again because we will hear if we don't read this story against this background of kingdom, covenant, and temple. We need to understand that in this story, God was the senior partner. He was the suzerian king. And the man and the woman, they are God's vassal. So these two trees in the garden, what are they symbol of? These two trees in the garden, they correspond to clauses in the covenant. Remember what we said when we we're talking about the, the character and the content of covenant. I'm not going to go back into that. And we went through all those characters. So, so you need to understand that these two trees, they actually correspond to two clauses, clauses in the covenant. The trees, they symbolize the tree of life. Let's talk about the tree of life first. The tree of life, remember I said they symbolize clauses in the covenant. So the tree of life symbolizes and represents everything that Adam experienced in the garden. The delight, the pleasure, the happiness, the fellowship, the communion, the fellowship and communion with God. God became their inexhaustible source of life. So this tree of life actually is a symbol of everything good, all the benefit that they experience because of the covenant they have with God. It represents this God's gift of life, this unbroken, ceaseless communication and communion of the life of God that they have just because they are in this covenant relationship with God. And this is a tree that God told them that they should eat of the fruit of that tree and they should continue to eat of that tree. Remember what we said, that God said of the trees, of all the trees of the garden, you must eat. Eating you must eat is a command. Eating you must eat. And that included the tree of life. And this is what that tree, that tree of life, this is what it 
represent. This is what it symbolizes, particularly with respect to the covenant that they have with God. Then the question then comes, and we can ask ourselves, did Adam eat of the fruit of the tree of life before the fall? And when you read the the way, the, the commandment that God gave them and the way the story unfolded, the sense and the assumption in the Bible is that, yes, Adam and Eve must have been eating of the tree of life. In fact, when you read the scripture, that tree was always lumped together with other trees of the garden in Eden. God said, of all the trees you can eat, and Eve herself said, God told us to eat of every tree. This is the only one we are not allowed to eat. So the tree of life is one of the every trees of the garden that God commanded them, that thou mayest freely eat. Or like we said more appropriately, that God commanded them, eating you shall eat. This is an inescapable binding commandment that God told them. This was something God told them to do. Is a tree that God gave them to eat and to continue eating. So if you ask me the question, do I think that Adam and Eve ate of the tree, of the fruit of the tree of life before the fall? I would say yes. I would say that is the sense. There is no biblical reason to think that they didn't eat of this, the fruit of this tree of life. Because God told them, God commanded them actually, that the eating you must eat of all the trees of the garden. But let's go on to the second tree. Remember, we are asking ourselves, what do these two trees, what do they symbolize? What do they represent? So what about the second tree? We said the two trees actually represent clauses in the covenant that they have with God. So this second tree obviously corresponds to the second clause in the covenant. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil reminded the man and the woman that he, he that they are in a covenant relationship with God. And this is very, very important. It reminded them that they are in a co- covenant relationship with God and that they, that he is in this relationship by choice. Now I'm saying he, because it's a lot easier <laughs> because we use Adam to represent both of them. That tree actually reminded us and reminded them they are, they are in this covenant by choice. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil in that garden actually shows that both of them were in this covenant relationship with God, not by force, but by choice. Number one, they reminded them of their covenant. Number two, of the fact that they, they, they are in this relationship by choice. God did not create Adam and Eve as a robot. They have choices. Okay, and remember when we're talking about the image of God in man, that was one of the things that we, we mentioned. Okay, this is very, very important. And in this relationship, the man and the woman, they, they are God's Vasa king. In a sense, Adam was a son of God, but they were not God. Now, you need to understand this, and this is very, very important, that number one, we said that this tree represents, number one, the fact that they are in covenant with God, and number two, the fact that they, they were in this covenant by choice because they are to either not eat or eat by choice. They have to make a choice to obey God in this covenant. And through this relationship that they have with God as Vasa King, there's a sense in which Adam is a son of God. Let's look at this. Let's read Luke chapter 3. You know, when 
Luke was writing the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going through the genealogy. It was the thing he said about Adam that was really important to me. Luke chapter 3 verse 38, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So this is very, very important for us to understand that in this relationship, Adam was a son of God. That they've entered into a father-son relationship by reason of the covenant that they have with God. We are looking at what this not eating, the, the, tree, the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what it represents, or the very presence of that tree in the garden. The very presence of that tree in the garden and their choice not to eat it according to the command of God. We are looking at what it represents. We said it represents the fact that they're in a covenant. It represents the fact that they're in this covenant by choice. It represents the fact that in this covenant, they have become a son and a daughter of God by this covenant. And also it represents the fact that their life depends on their obedience and loyalty in this covenant. I'll say that again, and it is very, very important for us to understand that, that this, the presence of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and their choice not to eat it in obedience and loyalty to the command that God gave them, it represents and symbolizes that their life depends on obedience and loyalty in this covenant. Remember what we said, that covenant is built upon obedience and upon loyalty, that this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, them not eating it is very, very important because that tree represents and symbolizes everything that is antithesis to man's experience in the Garden of Eden. That tree represents everything that is outside everything that they've experienced up to now. That tree represents everything that is antithesis, that is the other side of what they have experienced in the Garden of Eden, the paradise, the peace, the shalom of God, the blessing, the love of God that they have experienced in the garden. It, the eating of that fruit, obviously, we represent ingratitude, we represent rebellion, we represent, you know, disobedience against God's covenant, against his rule, against his provision. The eating of that tree, obviously, we represent rebellion against their dependence and accountability to God. So this is the reason why God warned Adam and warned Eve that if they eat it, in dying, they will die. In dying, they will die. They need to understand that they are what they are only by the kindness and the goodness and the grace of God through the covenant that God has with them and that if they break that covenant, in, uh, inescapably, that it is binding that they will have to die because their life depends upon this covenant and by extension, their life depends upon being obedient and being loyal in that covenant. Praise the Lord. Now, so it is very, very clear that the Lord did not want them to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That is very clear. Then people would then ask, but why did God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the, in the garden? Particularly when God knew that they will eventually eat it. Actually, if you've been following everything that I've, I'm saying, you will see that actually, it is expected that such a tree, if it is not a tree to be something else, that something must be in that garden because it was a covenant relationship. One thing we know that it, it is not there to, for them to be tempted by it. No, God does not tempt with evil. 
the presence of that tree in that garden was not a temptation. So that's the first thing we can rule out. But as we have explained, it is necessary, it is natural, it is critical to the story that this tree be placed in the garden because it is a garden of covenant. This tree holds a key, it holds a key to a door for humanity with respect to their commission, with respect to their relationship with God in kingdom and in covenant. It's a symbol of a reality outside the garden. It's a warning that you are who you are because you are in covenant with God. And if you break this covenant, evil is locking outside the garden. Now, this is very, very important. So Eden is a place of covenant where man, the man and the woman, they enjoy covenant benefit with, because of what the covenant they have with God. You know, the delight, the happiness, the pleasure, the fellowship, the communion, the peace, the love of God that they enjoy as God being they, they are king and they being, you know, the, the under shepherd under him. Therefore, Eden must equally be a place of fidelity. Eden must equally be a place of loyalty. Eden must equally be a place of faithfulness. And that is what demanded that there be a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eden must be a place of fidelity. Eden must be a place of loyalty. Eden must be a place of faithfulness. Eden was no fiery land. God was no fiery father. <laughs> no. In this covenant relationship, the man and the woman, they have their part to play. They have to demonstrate their loyalty. They have to demonstrate their fidelity. They have to demonstrate their faithfulness. So both the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil were therefore necessary, an essential part of the story of Eden Garden. And this is very, very important. The tree of life, it was easy for us to explain the tree of life. Again, like we said the last time, the tree was lumped with other trees, was, was taken for granted to be part of the life in Eden because that is what it represents. The tree of life represents everything that was their experience, every benefit that they experienced by the reason of the covenant that they have with God. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents everything that they will experience outside the garden of Eden if they break this covenant that they have with God. So it is important for, for, for that tree to be there. The, the presence of the tree there was not by accident. It was not a temptation. It must be there because this relationship is a covenant relationship. This relationship is a covenant relationship. And they are, they, they, they are not eating of that tree. They are demonstrating because they are creature of choice. They are not eating that tree by their choice. They are demonstrating their fidelity. They are demonstrating their loyalty. They are demonstrating their faithfulness to this covenant. And when they demonstrate that, they continue to enjoy all the benefit of the covenant that they have with God. But God won them. And God must won them because this is a covenant. You remember we said there's a declaration. <laughs> so these, these things, these things, they, they, they were not aphasa. You know, when we read the story, we must understand that they, they, they are telling us something, that this is a covenant. God didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, can we plant two trees in the... No, 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 no. These are demonstrations of characters of covenant. These are symbols of covenant. Those trees, 
they are representing the two clauses. And if you've not listened to our teaching on covenant, please go back and listen. These two trees are representing, they are symbolizing these clauses in covenant. And God said, if you eat, if by choice you eat this one, in dying you will die. It's inescapable. It is binding because this is a covenant. Because if you eat it, you are breaking covenant. And if you break covenant, there are repercussions. You will die. In dying, you will die. Now we are going to see what in dying you will die means, okay? But we are, we are looking here at the reason. Number one, we've looked at what do these two trees symbolize? And we are also look at the fact that why did God put that tree in the garden? And we are saying that it's not a question of why did God put those trees in the garden. They will have to be there. Both of them will have to be there by the reason of the type of relationship that man was enjoying in the garden. And that is very, very important. It's like if you, if you, are, if you enter into a marriage covenant, there are some responsibilities, okay? You see, some, many people get married because they are thinking about what they will enjoy. And there is enjoyment, but there are responsibilities. There are covenant responsibilities that both sides of the covenant will have to keep. And that is the way covenant works. And that is what we were seeing playing out for us in the Garden of Eden. Praise the Lord. We are going to stop there today by the grace of God. And if you are listening to me, listen to me. We know that, we know that, we know, and we have enough evidence to, to know that there once lived a man called Jesus that said things and did things that like no man have ever done. And he was crucified and he resurrected. Even his enemy could not produce his body. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus is a fact. But it's not just an intellectual fact. We know that there is a reason for that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I know many of us have been trying to get right with God by our good works. Your good works will not be good enough. That is why he came to help us. It's just almost like somebody that is that is drowning, that, that is in the middle of nowhere in the, in the sea that is drowned, I think I can swim out myself. You can't swim out of your, you need help. And that is why he came to help you. But he cannot help you unless you allow him to. So you can bow down your head and say, no, Jesus, I give up. I accept your offer of life. Help me. And he will. Something will happen inside of you. The Bible calls it being born again. And then you'll become a daughter and a son of God. He will walk the rest of this life with you. And when this is all over, we will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Do it today. Do it right now. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.